0: the audience knows what's up and then Sokka and Katara are going to be like, what? The Avatar? I didn't see this coming at all. We thought the airbenders were extinct and the Avatar was going to be an airbender, but this is totally shocking. Hello and welcome to Avatar, the podcast. The
1: podcast. That,
0: that, the podcast. <laughs> we're happy you're joining us. I am Acorn Bandit.
1: And I'm Booster Greg.
0: And we're going to be your hosts and tour guides of this re-watching of Avatar, The Last Airbender. If you haven't seen the show before, we invite you to watch along with us because we're going to be diving deep into each episode and talking about our favorite parts, some themes, some character development, world building, all the good juicy stuff. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm going to make sure I point out all of the the bonks, the funny sound effects that happen. That will be my (laughs) promise to you, listener, because there's Thank you,
0: Nickelodeon. Thank you, Nick. For the bonks. Love it. Uh, So jumping right in, Avatar The Last Airbender is a show that was created by Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Kanetsko. It first aired on February 21st, 2005, and was on air until July 19th, 2008. I was one of those fans who was watching it live on Nickelodeon. So I was there in the beginning. Greg, how about you? I
1: was not. I was. I don't. I can't tell you what past Greg was doing. Uh, that's that's between him and the world. Uh But what I can tell you is I was watching it. uh I binged it. I got to I get the privilege of seeing most, if not all of it, pretty much as quickly as humanly possible.
0: And that actually is really nice. I wish that I was able to binge it because it was torture to wait until every Friday. I think it was Friday for the next episode to come out. And we'll find that a lot of the episodes end on a cliffhanger. So mm-hmm. it was not a fun time. Mm-hmm. I kind of envy you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably the ideal way to watch a series like this because I have found when you're binging things so closely together, the details really stand out and you really get that new appreciation mm-hmm. versus when you watch it week to week and you kind of forget some things or you kind of, um, I don't know, like like the the, the foreshadowing gets overshadowed that was a weird sentence i don't know if i like that but whatever we're gonna go with it a lot of those little tiny (laughs) things get missed and when you're binging them um, unless you over binge you'll pick those up easier and by over binge i mean you're just staring at it and like maybe some drool and like you know you haven't left your room in a couple days that's over binge. glazy eyes you're not you can't even tell if they're speaking english anymore like that that's that point right
0: (laughs) i'm really excited to watch it again um I I've watched this series multiple times because it is that good and it's one of my all time favorite series But i've never before really picked it apart and understood or tried to understand why I like it so much So that is what i'm looking forward to most out of this podcast. How about you greg?
1: Yeah, I mean I watched it when I binged it and I haven't watched it since out of design And also because Mm. there's way too many shows to watch now uh, I'm really excited to almost have it's going to be almost a fresh set of eyes that I'm going to have watching these episodes. I am going to remember some of the larger plot points that come up, Um, but I, I think the smaller details that I might have forgotten or maybe I overlooked because I was I was a much younger man in those days um, <laughs> might kind of uh help paint a better picture of this world. I think we I, were talking offline where I said something along, along the lines of when I first watched this show, I identified with Sokka a lot more. Now I'm feeling mm. a little more Uncle Iroh, a little in terms of a, like a relationship and like having that kind of like seeing yourself through that lens. So I'm very excited, very excited to dive in, see all the little like details that maybe I didn't even know. Do some readings, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: We got we got a lot prepared for you guys. We, we have the show, the comics, mm-hmm. which we are going to be going through um, some research, mm-hmm. some wiki diving. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good time.
1: All the research. I We're going to be able to write a, a master's thesis on the world yes. of Avatar by the end of this.
0: <laughs> we'll have a dissertation prepared as well as being avatars ourselves yes. by the end of this podcast.
1: 100 percent. I'm going to ha- I'm going to have the <laughs> Aang arrow as well. I know that's not Exclusive to avatars it's not even their thing it's just his but maybe i'll get an arrow we'll see
0: yeah yeah well a fun fact uh for anyone listening who may not have been there from the beginning michael and brian with the assistance of a korean animation studio created a pilot episode that they used to pitch avatar to nickelodeon Uh, you can find it if you google it i believe someone somewhere on facebook may have shared it um, but it's it's a really cool look into kind of the inception of the world and the characters. Mm. And it has been rumored that Michael DiMartino left Family Guy to work on Avatar. That's
1: crazy. Although I guess maybe at that point it may not be so crazy. I think that might be a hindsight thing because Family Guy did get canceled at one point for That's an, true. a number of years. And it was only brought back because it did so well on Adult Swim. Good point. That's what brought it back. So. Like I first, my gut reaction is that's nuts, and then I'm like, well, is it that nuts? It's still crazy to think about. Like they're both super successful, which I think is a testament. Mm-hmm. But it's still just like your gut reaction is, wow, that's on season 502 now. I think. No, I'm just kidding. Family Guy. <laughs> it's, it's been going on for. I a I think very it's long Simpsons. Time. Yeah, Simpsons is like infinite season infinity sign. Yeah, <laughs> is what they're on right now.
0: Our first episode is called The Boy in the Iceberg and it has a different opening than any other of the episodes in the show. We get a little more exposition and some background of the world. In the opening, Katara tells us that her grandmother used to tell her stories about the old days, a time of peace when the Avatar kept balance between the water tribes, earth kingdom, fire nation, and air nomads. But that all changed when the fire nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements. Only he could stop the ruthless firebenders. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years have passed and the Fire Nation is nearing victory in the war. Two years ago, Katara's father and the men of her tribe journeyed to the Earth Kingdom to help fight against the Fire Nation, leaving Katara and her brother Sokka to look after their tribe. Some people believe that Avatar was never reborn into the Air Nomads and that the cycle is broken. But Katara has not lost hope. She still believes that somehow the Avatar will return to save the world.
1: And it makes sense why it's different. In the, in the first episode
0: oh absolutely
1: because we literally have like no idea well i mean we know who ang is but like they're really kind of building up the mystery and the importance and you know the the devastation that this planet has been going through and the absence of this all-powerful being and then absolutely yeah. in the second episode i think they use this from the second episode on they use the same
0: one if i'm not mistaken after that yes yeah,
1: yeah. So that,
0: that yeah, we switched to our more condensed intro, which um, has all of the same all of the same things from this intro, mm-hmm. but just kind of streamlined.
1: Yeah, and also mentions Ang. Ang's a goofball. If he can get his act together, maybe he can save the world.
0: <laughs> look at him on that air scooter. Look at him! What a goofball! Look at
1: him sneeze! What a what a crazy little kid there. <laughs> It's great. I love it.
0: Some really interesting details about the intro, which um, you can see when you're you're watching it, is in the opening, the writing above and below the map of the four nations translates to powers are divided into four. The world all under heaven is guided by one. Referring to the Avatar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Going a little bit further, the four circles in the corners of the map refer to each element and can be translated to water is benevolent, earth is strong, Fire is fierce and air is harmonious.
1: I mean, it makes sense. Fire is fierce. You've seen Zuko.
0: Have you seen him? Have
1: you seen his him and his crazy scar that like just absolutely. T- when I first saw um, Zuko, by the way, I was like, what's up with his eye? And then like you learn yeah. later. And I was like, oh, geez, that's what's up with his eye. <laughs> also, his hair choice. I don't agree with that. I gotta say I know if, he's
0: he's a teenager I who know. has a troubled home life why would he not have like emo hair if that
1: wasn't even it's like the weird top knot like so I'm a stickler for hair on characters like I just like love uh-huh. like the um like the shaggy kind of look and, and like the cool like like and even Sokka's I, I enjoy but like the top knot I can't get behind I know that's not what we're supposed to be talking about but like the first time I saw Zuko, I was like, "What is? who is this guy? But I think that's also kind of the point is you're not supposed to like him at all when you first meet him. So giving him like a more, I guess, not militaristic, but like a mm-hmm. so you're not supposed to like think he looks interesting or cool. You're, he's supposed to look the villain.
0: Yeah, it's really iconic, right? Yeah.
1: And it's also fierce. So fire. Yeah,
0: very fierce. <laughs> Above the Avatar title slide, where we see the the name of the show, the writing is translated to "the spiritual medium who has descended upon the world," which again refers to the Avatar. That's
1: super foreshadowing, too, because I don't super I don't think we even I'm probably misremembering this, but we don't talk about spirits for quite some time. At least I don't remember talking them talking about spirits.
0: No, good point. We we first really encounter the spirit world in book one, uh, but kind of near the end of it. Yeah. The benders in the opening. Can you name them?
1: Can I name them? I mean, if I look at the handy dandy document we have, I could probably name them. <laughs> yes. Uh we have Paku for water, we have Azula for fire. Uh, is it Sud or Sud? I think it's Sud. Sud, like Suds, although you would think Suds would be water. No, nope, never mind. That's a rabbit hole I'm not going down. Sud for <laughs> for earth, uh and the air nomad's identity um is unknown.
0: Yes. Some people have said that it's Aang, but when you look at them closely, I don't think so. I think it's just a random air nomad, but the rest of them are characters that we're going to encounter in the series. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I don't know about you, but when I first saw this opening, I remember being so excited. I thought it looked so cool. Like there were no other shows that had that kind of cultural imbuement yeah. if that makes sense yeah, yeah. it's like whoa, whoa, whoa we have elemental benders and there's this master avatar guy yeah this cool's gonna be amazing unless nickelodeon kills it i mean which thank god they did not no
1: yeah i mean that's more of a fox move if anything oh yeah but yeah like when you're watching this intro it's just it's epic it's almost, which I like, it almost separates you from the viewing experience when you first see a lot of the, the comedic elements. But I like that mm. because what we're what they're doing is they're setting up, hey, this is an epic story. No matter what happens in the middle of this, no matter what Nickelodeon makes us throws in for sound effects, this is an <laughs> epic tale. And there will be this grand mythos behind it which I love that which I 100% love I love all the little parts don't get me wrong but it's the mythos which I think separates Avatar the Last Airbender from I don't know let's say like the angry beavers or invaders (laughs) actually I like invaders (laughs) too. or like fairly odd parents like things like that where they're funny and they're great but they don't have this impact on you after the fact they have like quick one-liners and that's about it
0: right no that's such a good point We start with the intro to the story and really get a sense of the vastness of this world. Like this has this is going to be a story with a lot of history, a lot of depth, a lot of detail that we're going to explore. No, great point.
1: Thanks. I have them once an episode. That was this one.
0: (laughs) That's our one. That's
1: our one. Put it on the board.
0: One thing that I find really interesting is in the intro, uh, Katara talks about how she hasn't lost hope and she believes the avatar will still come back and save the world. Hope is a theme that we see a lot with Katara. And it, it makes me wonder how did she interact with the legend of the avatar? How are those stories told? How did she like grow up with this? Cause you know what I'm imagining is Ray on Jakku. Yep. In Star Wars, yep. how she clung to the story, the legends of the Jedi. Yeah. It has that kind of same feel, right? It,
1: it does. Yeah. I think the the difference is, though, that Rey didn't have any parents raising her, really. So she probably heard these stories off like in distant uh, conversations or like little things, little little pickups and, and little, um, I don't even know, like artifacts that she finds when she's scavenging. I mean, Whereas when you were talking about the Water Tribe, like they have parents. We don't see them because the father is off to war, I think they say in in the beginning, right?
0: Yeah, technically they have a dad, Hakoda, yeah. but he's been gone for two years. Yeah. So, I mean, they're 14 and 15, so, I believe. So they're relatively young, so that, but they still have a dad. So
1: like in my head canon, Katara got a lot of the Legend of the Avatar stories from her father. And Sokka picked like up Tradition. Which which I'll bring up a little bit later as we kind of get to that point in the episode. But uh, we see him embracing tradition like in an immature way because he's young, but we still see him trying to step up to that role.
0: Absolutely. No, I like that Sokka embracing tradition and Katara almost rejecting it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some things I picked up on, too. Well, let's jump right into the synopsis. Let's do it. We first meet Katara and Sokka as they're out on the water fishing in a canoe. The ocean around them is dotted with icebergs and there doesn't seem to be inhabited land anywhere near them. Katara nearly bends a fish into the boat while Sokka continues to brag about how he'll show Katara how it's done. He bumps into the water bubble and Katara loses control of her bending and the water splashes all over Sokka's head and the fish flies back into the water. Sokka complains about magic water, and Katara defends her bending. Shortly after that, a strong current sweeps them away, and they get stranded on an ice floe.
1: I love the line that Sokka says. He's like, "How is it? Whenever you're water bending, I'm the one who always ends up getting wet." It's just, I love <laughs> that. Like, it, that just shows so much of his personality. And like, he says some like pretty like sketchy, not sketchy, but like two thousand five things. B- oh, but yeah. they get
0: leave it to a girl to screw things up yeah
1: katara calls Sokka out immediately for that which i thought was pretty bold oh yes me too she literally says you're sexist knock it off and it's just yeah. i was like wow using the term sexist in 2005 in a nickelodeon like what is marketed at this point as a children's cartoon
0: absolutely no that if anything really sets the tone <laughs> i think that yeah. does yeah we're gonna talk about some <laughs> okay <laughs>
1: yeah we are absolutely <laughs>
0: But yeah, going into the gender norm thing, it's obvious... Uh, very early on in the first episode that Sokka has really clung to this. Men are hunters. They are warriors while women are caregivers and homesteaders Mm -hmm. back at the village. So Sokka's internalized that man equals strong mentality and Katara is kind of resenting the domestic responsibilities. She's complaining about how bad his socks smell. And you know what? You get to do your own laundry Mm because I'm mad at Mm -hmm. you.
1: I mean, yes. I mean, I think a lot of that comes from their father too. That's one of the things I think Sokka picked up. However, he, if like, I don't, I can't say if he misunderstood what was going on with that, but I, th- I think that's a lot of it is, uh, tradition speaking through Sokka and his immature mind kind of maybe warping it or not warping it. I don't know. I can't say, but yeah, that was definitely a, a thing that stuck out for me for sure. And even though, um, Katara is, the stronger of the two, if you think about it, like she's a waterbender. She's the only waterbender in their tribe.
0: Yes. I'm really happy that Nickelodeon or at least uh, Brian and Michael decided to make her a strong character yeah. because in the way of like masculine, feminine energy, Qatar is definitely more on the Mac masculine yep. side of the spectrum. Yep. And that was so refreshing at the time. Because Again, this is 2005. We didn't have our wonder woman or our captain Marvel or, you know, Really, we only had Xena, Warrior Princess, well, you- Princess Leia, and Hermione at the time. We had
1: Wonder Woman, just not in live action format.
0: I would argue that Wonder Woman was not a strong iconic figure until the movie you can, you can try to prove me wrong if you I'm want i'm going
1: to 100 disagree with that i just want to see <laughs> when the justice league animated series hit
0: um, okay well that's where you might be right because i haven't gotten into the anime that was series. 2001
1: and she was angry like it was actually very refreshing it was really cool um but like she wasn't she was in i guess like the the nerd pop cultures i guess at that point as being this like very strong female Lead, but you're right. The movie didn't hit, so it was kind of restricted to like a certain group of people, essentially that that could see that. It wasn't like Gal Gadot Wonder Woman is like literally like lassoing lightning bolts, like that's how she travels, apparently in the new movie coming up. But yeah, so <laughs> yeah. they were the characters were there, but they weren't as prominent. And this was kind of this is and and, and for you too, like Katara is the ref that like breath of fresh air that like cold drink of water in like the desert like she is uh for a lot of people that first big strong um character that young women could identify or men too could identify with 100 mm-hmm. percent.
0: absolutely katara does lose her temper in this scene and her bending breaks open a giant iceberg a spherical chunk of ice comes floating up through the water with a strange light emitting from it Katara rushes to help the silhouette of a person she sees inside. She uses Sokka's spear to break open the ice. Some distance away, Zuko sees a bright blue beam of light shoot into the sky from the deck of his Fire Nation ship. He turns to his uncle and identifies the beam of light as coming from an incredibly powerful source. He believes he's found the avatar. After refusing his uncle's offer of a cup of calming jasmine tea, Zuko orders the helmsman to take them towards the light.
1: I just want to say, watching this in a post-Marvel Cinematic, or like in the middle of a Marvel Cinematic Universe world, this is super Captain America. They, f- oh, they yeah. find a fallen soldier in a block of ice, and like all of a sudden this evil comes seemingly out of nowhere to hunt him down. It's literally, that's, that's incredible. it's incredible. Captain America and Hydra, but instead it's Aang and the Fire Nation.
0: <laughs> I love that parallel.
1: I, I saw so much of that in these, this episode. I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. And also, like, if you really want to take it a step further, and this is, this is a hundred percent. I know me looking way too much into it. The Fire Nation armies, like the, the stooges, like the skull soldiers, um, their color scheme is super reminiscent of like the Nazi party color scheme black red white
0: now that you pointed out holy and crap. the
1: water village is primarily uh blue and white true and i was just, like, just missing that red i was like holy crap well blue and well, not for america i was thinking more for like the jewish people
0: oh true yeah,
1: that's what i was thinking of. wow but that's me like looking way too much into it and after being inspired by the captain america stuff and him literally punching nazis i was like oh that was let's find all of the world war ii <laughs> stuff in here
0: I'm looking forward to the other ones that you picked up on. There's
1: there's like a couple more. There's not too, too many. I I put a kibosh on it pretty quickly after I got into the color scheme train of thought.
0: (laughs) I remember at the time hearing Iroh offering that cup of jasmine tea mm-hmm. and talking about how a man needs his rest later. I remember being kind of worried that the writers were going to make him into that kind of oblivious character who plays in opposition to the main character, mm-hmm. the one who's kind of bumbling, a little dumb, who antagonizes their counterpart, kind of like peeking in the brain. Yep. yep. I don't know if there's a term for that, but I was worried. And boy, was I glad to be proven wrong. Yes. Iro is the complete opposite. He's,
1: he's more of a Master Roshi than a Pinky, if I really think about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: He's got his quirks, he's got his laziness, but he's like, he knows what he's talking about and he knows what he's doing.
0: Definitely. Fun fact about Zuko, he was one of the last characters to be written into the show. Really? Of, yeah, really. The Fire Lord was meant to be the show's main antagonist, but the writers realized he would not be able to do much yeah from his throne so they wrote zuko into the show to be the main antagonist
1: yeah also there's that weird kind of and that wouldn't stop them but there's that weird kind of thing where it's like an adult is hunting children
0: that too kind of creepy that's kind
1: of creepy they've done that before so it wouldn't stop them like i said but it's super creepy
0: Cutting back to Sokka and Katara, the siblings watch as a young boy with a glowing blue arrow on his head climbs out of the ice and light. The boy slumps and falls down the snowbank into Katara's arms. He wakes and, after a dramatic pause, asks if Katara wants to go penguin sledding with him. After a moment, Aang climbs back into the ice to find Appa, his flying bison, waking from his long sleep. Sokka doesn't believe Aang when he says Appa can fly and gets shot with a giant snot ball when Appa sneezes Classic.
1: This is like that classic Nickelodeon humor, but it also works. Like it's never for me, it's never shoehorned in. There's always a purpose. There's always a point. Um, That includes penguin sledding. That includes Appa's like snot, essentially. Um, And includes all I feel like it was a great bit of care that went into what I would assume is corporate Nickelodeon being like, well, we need some sort of bodily like fluid joke in there some way. We need ridiculous sound effects and we need uh, like something really whimsical and interesting that like a little, little kid would. (laughs) And it's like, okay, well, we'll want him to go penguin sledding. This is actually, I think the only time that I can think of where they refer to an animal in this, on this planet, even though it's called earth as its proper name. Like there's the, the penguin is not a hybrid animal. And Mm -hmm. in the future, I feel like we see mostly hybrid animals. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. And I wonder if this was before uh, Brian and Michael really got to the part where they said, Definitively, the animals in this world are hybrids yeah. and they just kind of let the penguin slip through. Yeah. While at the same time, it looks like a hybrid, it just doesn't have a hybrid name. Right, right.
1: Yeah, it 100% had to have been. Sokka
0: that. believes Aang is a spy for the Fire Navy and that the beam of light was something Aang did on purpose. Katara dismisses his paranoia and introduces herself in Sokka. Katara actually was almost named Kaya. Mm-hmm until Nickelodeon's legal department found out there was a video game character named Kaya, so Katara was then almost named Kana. And as we all know, or may not know, Kaya becomes Katara's mother's name, while Kana becomes her grandmother's name.
1: I like that they reused the name for sure. They don't just, like, abandon it. Because it is, it's a, it's a good name. It also shows, like, a a family heritage with the the hard K Mm -hmm. sound in terms of, like,
0: And the endings, yeah, and the end of the name, which ends in A. Yeah,
1: yeah, so it's good. I like that. Nice touch.
0: Definitely a cultural touch. Yeah, 100%. When Aang skyrockets himself into the air with the force of his sneeze, Katara realizes he's an airbender. Aang offers them a ride back to their village on Appa since their canoe was destroyed. The suspense builds around seeing Appa fly, but he leaps into the air and belly flops into the ocean instead. I love it because
1: he's like, why why should I fly if I could just swim?
0: Yeah. It's like guys, I just woke up. No, I'm tired. How
1: how buoyant buoyant do you think Appa is?
0: I would like to think that his fur is some weird kind of version of fur that floats. That's what I think cuz
1: like when you look at his design, he's very like bubbly. So I feel like he would be able uh-huh. to float very easily and like he's just literally doggy paddling underneath like all of his little legs and stuff. Yeah. Um yeah, it's actually kind of funny how similar appa and um sokka are in terms of personality
0: oh my gosh that's a really good point they are
1: <laughs> that's probably why sokka hates him so much even though he doesn't realize it they're just too similar
0: back on the fire nation ship zuko stares into the distance from an upper deck obviously impatient to get to the source of the light his uncle comes up behind him and gently advises zuko that a man needs his rest advice which zuko ignores we learn that even though Zuko's father and grandfather failed at finding the avatar, Zuko is determined to find him in order to restore his honor. Cue all the memes of his honor. Yeah, right. Cut back to Opov where Katara, Sokka, and Aang are relaxing as the giant bison swims through the water. Katara asks Aang if he n- ever knew the avatar. Aang replies that he never personally knew him, but once Katara turns away, he grimaces almost in shame to himself.
1: This is one of those things where I think the marketing gets in the way of the storytelling. Yeah, I think because I I can only imagine when you're watching this, you know that Aang is the the new Avatar, right? Um, But like, imagine not knowing that when watching this, and just kind of being like, "Why is he being so weird about this?" Like that kind of like those little mysteries. That's why like it's always hit or miss with with marketing and and shows and trailers and stuff like that because they give away too much. Like right now, they're building up that this is like a little bit of a mystery, and it's not. We know who it is. Right. And it's also giving us a little yeah. bit of a peek at to how Aang handles certain situations for sure. But
0: true. You can also argue that little kids who watch this show may not have put it together and just think that Aang is a fun boy.
1: I, but then there's toys and stuff and the toys historically come out before the series, the hits.
0: Oh, yeah. Good point. Well. I guess it's just one of those situations where the audience knows what's up and then Sokka and Katara are going to be like, what? The Avatar? I didn't see this coming at all. Weird. We thought the airbenders were extinct and the Avatar was going to be an airbender. But this is totally (laughs) shocking. It's also, yeah. When Eng falls asleep on Appa, he dreams about a storm. He and Appa fall out of the sky into the ocean where they sink unconscious. Suddenly, Aang's tattoo and eyes glow a bright blue and he powerfully bends water into a protective ball of ice around them. Katara's voice cuts through his dream and he wakes up in the village. Katara introduces him to the entire village, which is just a small group of women and children. Sokka is obviously the oldest male in the whole village, which is why he takes the role of that manly protector so seriously.
1: I um I think we're at this part. where is this the part where he's like rallying the troops which are just small children i love this part he's just like all right men you're all a bunch of kids and like one kid's like i have to pee no peeing but yeah i really have to go all right who else has to pee literally all the other kids raise their hand it's like yeah like fine <laughs> go yeah but like this is what he was trained for like or this is what he believes he was trained for from his father where he's like all right i'm the the eldest male here it's my duty to protect everything and like to the best of my ability protect our way of life our lifestyle our tribe it's a very small tribe the southern water tribe what we're seeing is what not even 20 people if -hmm. that like it's his he wants to protect it as best he can and he's also super immature so he's going to say the wrong things, do the wrong things, misinterpret a lot of information uh, and try to lean on all of this uh, tradition as best he can. And he just can't. He doesn't have the knowledge or the equipment or the people or the, or the experience, like any of it. Um. So, yeah, that that I just love that little like moment where he's like trying to be serious and the kids are just like, I'm five. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I think it's really honorable of Sokka to take up kind of that mantle of being the man of the village, even though for him, I mean, he he literally is a teenager. He's like 15 years old. And so it's like almost like play, but I I don't think it's it's nice
1: for him, though. I think it's vanity. I think he it's I think he likes part vanity likes it a lot. Like if he didn't like it, I don't think he'd be doing it.
0: No, good point. And I do find it funny how he sees Katara's bending as a waste of time while Katara sees his warrior play as a waste yeah. of time. Yeah. <laughs> when in practice with practice, there's so much validity and strength in each, mm-hmm. but they're just like, you're wasting time to each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they learn later on that neither of their skills are a waste of time.
0: Absolutely. What better way of showing adolescence too than like, you're trying so hard at something, but you're just not good at it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: You just kind of like fake it till you make it kind of deal is what is his that's 100% Sokka's approach to this whole warrior thing.
0: Yeah. Katara's grandmother tells Aang that they always believed airbenders were extinct. Aang demonstrates how his glider works using airbending, which makes Sokka eat his words about people not being able to fly. Katara excitedly tells her grandmother that in finding Aang, she's finally found someone to teach her bending. Her grandmother warns her not to put all her hopes in one person. Don't put your
1: eggs all in one basket. Yep.
0: Such a grandmother
1: piece of advice. I know, right?
0: On the Fire Nation ship, Zuko spars with two other firebenders as his uncle looks on. After Zuko completes a set of moves, his uncle corrects him on his form, saying, "'Firebending comes from the breath, not the muscles.'" the breath becomes energy in the body the energy extends past your limbs and becomes fire which i thought was so cool
1: that's also classic martial arts i feel like too it's not about like your muscle mass it's not about your actual strength it's about your discipline and it's about like your breathing like you how you follow through on a punch in terms of like the breath you take and how you when you inhale and exhale i like i don't take yeah. martial arts like i never have but i feel like all of the martial arts movies that I've ever watched where training is involved, that's a big part of it is just like before you throw a punch, you breathe before you do your martial arts training, you wax a car and that's how you learn how to defend yourself.
0: <laughs> yes. Wax a car, learn moves. <laughs> no, you're right. I love that combination of breathing and chi. Yeah. Equaling bending in this world.
1: We're meant to believe right now the Fire Nation army, like they are the bad guys. They're the villains, right? But a lot of their power, so you would think as a villain, Mm -hmm. your power set would be based off of anger, emotion, almost like like a Sith with a Jedi, right? Like, versus a Jedi, where it's all, like, emotion and you just, like, hit something as hard as you can and it's brute force, but Uncle Iroh is telling us right now that it's not. It's about, like, something as simple as breathing. Like, your power doesn't come from your muscles. It comes from, it extends beyond that. This power is bigger than you period. And Zuko's like, no, it's not. Yes. yes it
0: is. Yeah, I can force it. I'm ready. <laughs> Zuko is impatient and demands that his uncle show him the advanced set of firebending moves he believes he will need to fight the Avatar. The fire sages have predicted that the Avatar is the last airbender and is over 100 years old. So Zuko, convinced mm-hmm. the Avatar has been training this whole time, is adamant that he catches up. He doesn't want to master the basics. He feels it's a waste of time. His uncle begrudgingly agrees, but tells Zuko he will teach him after his meal of roast duck, which is such a classic mm-hmm. Ira moment.
1: It's so good. A lot of this too, <laughs> like going off a little bit of a rabbit hole. Zuko trying to catch up to the avatar is literally the DC universe movies trying to catch up to the Marvel cinematic universe. Oh my gosh. Movies. It's like taking all the shortcuts you possibly can, not understanding the basic like use or the basic training of your abilities and just trying to get to the finish line so you can meet up and have this big fight. Little does he know that rushing mentality is going to be his demise.
0: Yes. And that's the whole in point.
1: Literally every possible way. It's yeah. not
0: the destination. It's the journey.
1: hundred percent. Yes. So it's, it's very like interesting to kind of see that in here. Um I also like that he assumes that it's just the same avatar as before and he doesn't like think that there's another one that like he he can't even fathom that a small child at the beginning of his journey is now the current avatar. Yes. I feel like he like I don't know if that's just not common knowledge that the avatar is not always super all powerful um uh, that they just kind of like pop out that way or whatever but it's it's a very interesting little touch that you know it's one of those blinking and you miss it kind of things because it's a single line that he mentions that and that's Fairly, it, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's convinced that the avatar has just been in the world for the past hundred years. So he's been aging and yeah. practicing and developing yeah. while yeah. Zuko is being banished and trying his best at like 17 to become a master so he can take down the avatar.
1: Classic 17 year old trying to Classic. take down 100, 114 year old avatar.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or 112. Um, Kind of touching on that. That quality you were just talking about, how it's about everything that goes into the journey, then the final fight. I felt like that was a lot of or a lot of the influence came from Asian culture and how there's this really big focus on practice and contemplation and hours and so much time spent studying something. It's not about instant gratification.
1: No, it's not. And I think that's something we need to be reminded of, especially in this day and age where like. Actually, that's something probably past Greg could have used where like you watching Avatar for the first time week by week, learned to breathe with it and kind of like went in and we're thinking about it from week to week and versus me. I'm just like, all right, next, 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 (laughs) next. So really, if you think about it, I'm the Zuko of the show at this point. And I guess you're the Uncle Iroh.
0: I'll take it. (laughs) I'm just over here sipping my jasmine tea watching week by week.
1: (laughs) E- eating a bucket of duck. <laughs> and I'm sitting here just being angry all the time with a weird top knot. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that top knot so
0: much. It's okay. It goes away soon.
1: I know. But still, I have to look at it <laughs> for the time being.
0: Back in the village, Sokka is instructing the young boys of the tribe in the ways of combat. Like you said, Greg, comically, yes. they're toddlers. I love this
1: part. I love this. This is so good.
0: Or is trying so hard to get everyone prepared for war, but it just, it's to the wrong audience. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, there's like a little, so on IMDb, I found this a little bit of, um, trivia. I think it was on this part. Maybe it's a little bit sooner, but they're like, they assemble the whole village, quote unquote, and there's one, mm-hmm. one person missing. There's one kid missing. Really? Yeah, so it's probably just an animation mistake, to be honest, but I like to think it's the kid who had the pee from the first one, and he actually finally got (laughs) to go pee. That's what I like to think.
0: (laughs) He missed all the action because he was peeing. He was peeing. It was a
1: long pee. He's been holding it for a very long time.
0: Yep. (laughs) Sokka wouldn't let him go. Aang is confused when he hears Sokka mention the war, but is quickly distracted by a nearby penguin. He and Katara follow it to the rest of the penguins, and Katara tries to strike a deal with Aang. She will help him catch a penguin if he teaches her waterbending. Aang quickly agrees, but admits he doesn't know how to waterbend. He asks Katara if there's another bender in her tribe who can teach her, but Katara tells him she's the only waterbender left in the South Pole. Aang suggests going to the North Pole to find a master, and offers to take her on Appa. Katara is conflicted, not knowing what to think of leaving her home and family behind. They turn their attention to catching two penguins and go sledding on their backs. While zipping through ice tunnels and across the snowy landscape, Katara experiences fun for the first time in a long time. And I love how she yells, I haven't done this since I was a kid. And Aang is like, you're still a kid.
1: (laughs) He's like, you're not 40. You realize that, right? Like you're like, she's what, 12? I believe 14. He's 12. She's 14. That's right. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, he's just like, what are you talking about? Like you're maybe you're not much older than me, which also speaks to Ang's personality. He's 12. He probably is acting a little bit younger than he actually should be. But he's just that kind of guy. He needs to find the time to have fun in all of the work. And I think that's an important lesson for a lot of people, too. Yes. It's like you can work as hard as you want. But remember, like,
0: have a good time. Yeah, I have a little a little sense of humor. Yeah, Life isn't that serious. No, it's not. There's actually a, a line in this episode where, um, I think Sokka says, you can't fire, you can't fight the fire nation with fun. And then Aang's like, have you tried
1: it? <laughs> I remember that. That's a good line. That's a great I line. think, um,
0: what Katara says about how she hasn't had fun like that since she was a kid really speaks to kind of the, the impact of war mm-hmm. on cultures and society because everyone is forced to grow up yeah. really fast.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's also, um, Super World War II. There's another World War II. That's not a word. It's very much reminiscent <laughs> of World War II, where most of the men went off to fight in Germany, went off to fight over in Europe and left like, you know, the women to do a lot of the factory jobs to make the ammunition. And then at, at that point, a lot of kids had to grow up. Very quickly, much like Sokka is trying to do. So they can yes. take care of their younger siblings, family members, whatever, maybe even go out and make some money for for the household. So you really see like another just World War II parallel drawn between what's going on now um, and the Avatar world. It's very interesting that they decide. I don't know if they meant to go in that direction, but it's very easy to see a lot of this.
0: Yeah, I like to think it was on purpose or it was intentional because there's so much thoughtful detail in this world and that's. I mean, that's something that we've seen in our world through war. We've seen societies grow up a certain way because of the adversity that they're faced with. Their penguin ride ends at the edge of the water where a fire navy ship rests captured in ice. Katara says the ship is a bad memory for her people and has haunted them since her grandmother was a young girl. She warns Aang against booby traps when he wants to go inside, but he convinces her to follow her when he says a bender should have no fear.
1: He has that one line where like, they they do the booby trap and he's like, yeah, we boobied it or something like that.
0: <laughs> we boobied right into it. <laughs> it was so good.
1: Sorry. that's so I love good. that line.
0: As they explore the ship, they talk about how long Aang was in the ice. Because he doesn't know about the war, which began over a hundred years ago, Katara thinks that maybe Aang has been in the ice for at least that long. Aang is shocked and troubled. He and Katara find the bright side in the situation, though, because he got to meet her. Yeah,
1: that that's also Aang's personality. He finds the silver lining in things. He's very positive, like almost to a fault
0: at times. They go to leave the ship, but set off a booby trap that shoots a flare into the sky. Zuko, of course, is nearby and spots it using binoculars. And he sees Aang, Aang and Katara escape the ship using airbending. So he knows that he's found the avatar.
1: How does he know, though? Like, a, a flare went up on an old ship that's been crashed. For, like We don't know how long it's been there. And he's just like, F- that flare. There's only one thing that can set off flares in all of existence. It's an avatar. It's like, that's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. No, okay. pal.
0: a flare goes off and I see someone jumping off of a ship. It has to be the <laughs> avatar.
1: I see a kid who is not a hundred and something years old who I thought was. Yeah. The, I think that's one of those like small minor gripes that I have. I'm like, or I mean, to play devil's advocate on this one, one can, one could say that he's so focused on getting the avatar that he literally sees anything as an avatar. <laughs>
0: He sees like a snowman from a distance. It's the Avatar. he, like,
1: he drops his sandwich and just blames the Avatar. It's like it lands like <laughs> peanut butter side up. Avatar. Like everything is yes. just all consuming hate for the Avatar. I love that, that. he's never met. <laughs> Period.
0: Yeah. Little detail, but the the song that plays when Aang and Katara are escaping the ship. One of the best songs in the soundtrack, in my opinion. I yeah, got like all tingly and happy. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. 100%.
0: That is where episode one ends, though.
1: Yeah. If you were to watch this without watching the second one right off the bat, you would know what you're getting into just based off of this.
0: Yes. It's a really good representation of the show.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Although it's a little, you know, a little heavy on the comedy and the lighthearted like kidness, I think it's a good introduction to the story. It really gives you a lot to think about.
1: Yeah. The like, the lightheartedness, the kid stuff is super obvious in this episode. Um, whereas the drama takes a back seat. But what we'll find, if I'm remembering correctly, is that that will gradient into the other way around as we continue this journey, which I love. And that's the same thing. It's actually, I think it was Dave Filoni directs this episode, which is very interesting because he's pretty much the Star Wars guy now. And things like mm-hmm. the Clone Wars animated series and Rebels do the exact same thing, where it's super lighthearted, super kiddy, and You almost don't want to finish watching it because it's just too much. And then you start watching, you get really into it, and you start realizing like you're in the middle of the series, and everything's just dark, and you don't know how you even got here, but you're just here. And all of a sudden, you just notice, start noticing that it's mostly heavy on the drama, heavy on the legend, heavy on the lore, and then the little jokes pop up every once in a while now. And I believe Avatar does the same exact thing.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. They're they really do approach heavy topics through the lens of the character's emotions Mm -hmm. and i think that's how they can get away with it because they're not addressing the the topics head on it's through the experience of the characters you can um you can identify with the fear or the excitement or the determination that they're feeling and see how they work through and kind of process what's happening to them
1: it's taken so much i'm just like a quick sidebar it's taking so much restraint for me not to just dive into every single episode that I can right now and just watch them week by week as we're talking about them. So like, you know, talking points don't get mixed up or anything like that. Um Oh, same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, number three's right there. Just, you know, get that. I'm like, nope, nope. We don't do it because you're going to say something that happens in episode 25 when we're recording episode three.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. So I think I ended up watching episodes one and two, three times because I couldn't let myself continue yep. to episode three. Yep.
1: <laughs> I did the same thing with The Mandalorian, though, but that's also because they, you know, they released that weekly. So I was like, I'll watch this episode yeah, true. again and again and again and again and again until I'm crazy.
0: Yep. <laughs> All right. Episode two, The Avatar Returns. Mm. This episode picks up right where the last one left off and Aang and Katara arrive back at the village to find Sokka and the rest of the villagers waiting for them. Sokka accuses Aang of signaling the Fire Nation with the flare they saw in the sky Katara defends Aang, telling them it was just an accident on the Fire Navy ship. Probably a bad move because Grand Grand reprimands them for going near the ship and says, Everyone is in danger now because of it. Aang takes responsibility and is called a traitor by Sokka, who is trying to uphold the promise he made to his father of keeping everyone in the village safe. He boobied the trap. <laughs> he boobied right into he boobied it. Boobied
1: right into it. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I also love. <laughs> How much Sokka hates the Avatar and Zuko hates the Avatar. I feel like they should form like a I hate the Avatar club at this point. <laughs> I feel like they'd be best friends. Yeah. I feel like that. I don't know.
0: Sokka is like so quick to judge yeah, someone. Is. It's funny. He's like, it's like, I saw this thing. You obviously did it. I hate you. Get out. <laughs> I couldn't
1: see you not do it. So I assume that you did do it because I don't like you. Good day, sir. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Sweet
0: Katara keeps def- Bending Aang, uh, saying that he's brought them something they haven't had in a long time. Fun. Mm -hmm. We can't fight firebenders with fun, says Sokka. Grand Grand sides with Sokka, suggesting the airbender leaves. Katara angrily banishes herself with him, but quickly changes her mind when Sokka asks if she'd really leave her family behind. Aang says goodbye and leaves with Appa. Katara, seeing him leave... Believe she's lost her one chance of becoming a waterbender.
1: Like, she's very dramatic about that. She's very dramatic. She's like, no, I can't waterbend ever. You literally just said the last episode, you can go to. The North and learn that way. You don't have to have Eng to do that.
0: <laughs> True. She could probably get her get herself to the the North Pole if she really tried. Yeah. But at the same time, I can see she's fourteen years old. She's living in, living in this super small backwater town. Yeah. Not, you know, super far away from the big city, and it's like it's one of those stories that's pretty classic. Yeah, I agree. Someone who feels like they're bigger than than their surroundings who can't break out.
1: It's like a whole genre.
0: Absolutely. I do love how good of a person Aang is, you know, for being so young. Mm-hmm. He's confident, p- compassionate, self-sacrificing, yet also lighthearted. Like he took ownership of that, of the responsibility. He's like, actually, it's my fault. I'm sorry. I got her in trouble. Yeah. Um, We've talked about his, his character so far, and I find it really embodies the teachings of Buddhism, which the monks in Aang's world are based on.
1: Yeah. I can see that. They make him very hard in his design to dislike him too. Like there's yeah. literally not a mean bone in his body. A dishonest bone. Like he's just made of positivity at this point, it seems like. Yes. Great. He also has a giant flying buffalo, which is our bicep. That too. Which is amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, get, get him Get right. the genus right, Damn Greg. It.
1: Damn it, so close. <laughs> yeah, so so far.
0: Yeah, no, he's he's just delightful. He's he's such a, a nice, good person. Yeah. Really easy to love. Mm-hmm. Aang sees the Fire Nation ship on his way from the village and turns around by himself. In the village, Sokka is preparing for battle by dressing in warrior's garb and painting his face with traditional black, white, and gray war paint. At the same time, Zuko is being dressed in Fire Nation armor on his ship. At
1: this point, I'm not sure if if Sokka was trained to gear up like he is or if he just watched his father do it a whole bunch of times and just kind of mimicking it. Um... This is like also if you look at the Sokka and Zuko kind of parallels, you're watching it and you have this like epic music going on in the background and they're like gearing for war and you forget that they're like 14 and 15 years old.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: And they're really kind of like getting into this moment only for their age to be blatantly obvious a little bit like a scene later, or a scene or two later which I found very interesting. Like, this is a very epic moment. Drums going, whole deal. Like, face paint, just like the way it's cut, the way it's shot, like all of it, amazing. And then it's just like, when the action actually happens, it's not all that impressive.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the ship arrives and cuts through the ice all the way up to the village, Mm -hmm. collapsing the border wall and flattening Sokka's watchtower in the process. Mm -hmm. Sokka attacks Zuko as soon as he leaves the ship, but is easily disarmed by Zuko and is knocked headfirst into a pile of snow. And this, like you said, yeah. really shows the difference between them because Zuko disarms him with his foot. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. He
0: like kicks the weapon out of Sokka's hand and then kicks him again into a snow drift. And it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Good try, Sokka. He did his best.
1: He, he, he got his. This is actually the first time we see boomerang in action, too. Yes, true. Boomerang. I love Boomerang. Uh, Also, fun fact, if you look at the Fire Nation ship, it is bigger in every single dimension than the entire water village, southern water village.
0: I believe it. It's It's huge.
1: It's ginormous. It's so overkill. Like, it's ridiculous.
0: Absolutely. And you know that... The Fire Lord probably gave Zuko, like, the smallest ship in the fleet. It's yeah. like a dinky little oh, yeah. ship, and yet it still dwarfs the Southern Water Tribe. It's
1: ridiculous. It's like, I watched that. I pause that, because I watched this three and a half times Um in the last half time, which is in the background, but I was, like, looking at the dimensions. I was like, holy crap, this thing is a behemoth of a ship, and it, you're right, it probably is the smallest one, and, like, what must this look like to the Southern Water Tribe at this point? They probably, no yes. one has seen this thing ever or anything quite like the size. I can't imagine Grand Grand has. I feel like Grand Grand's just lived in that village her whole life.
0: Yeah. I wonder if it's the same size as the one that's in the ice, the one that Ang, Ang and Katara went to.
1: Maybe, but how long has that one been there? 50 years. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's
0: no more than that. They said that the ship came when Grand Grand was a child. Oh, so if Grand Grand's like 80, yeah. 90.
1: So that's probably been there. Let's say like, between 75 to 65
0: That's years. That's crazy. It's Zuko approaches the villagers and demands they show him where the avatar is hiding. Sokka climbs out of the snow and attacks Zuko again and is once again disarmed. Ang arrives just in the nick of time and reveals himself as an airbender to Zuko, who then identifies him as the avatar. Surprise! Mm-hmm. This shocks Katara and Sokka nearby. Zuko starts firebending at Aang, who dissipates the fire with airbending and his staff. When Aang sees that Zuko's firebending is putting the villagers in danger, though, he allows himself to be taken by Zuko. He assures Katara that he'll be back soon and asks her to take care of Appa for him. But as the door to the ship closes, he looks a little concerned. Again, another great example of just how... Wholesome and self sacrificing Aang is.
1: It's literally the um the superhero approach approach where they lead the villain away from civilization to have their big bad fight.
0: Sokka and Katara are preparing to go after Aang when Grand Grand fights them. They initially think they're in trouble, but Grand Grand knew what they were doing and brought supplies for their journey. She wishes them well and tells them about their destinies being intertwined with the Avatars. Classic Grand Grand. I know. <laughs> I, sh- I shed a tear yeah. at grand, grand helping Sokka and Katara leave. You know, they're like kids. And she's like, you know, I have hope now that the Avatar is back. Mm-hmm. Your destinies are intertwined. Good luck. <laughs> have fun. Here, have some sleeping bags. Here's
1: sleeping bags in a canoe. Have fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the canoe was Sokka's doing. She was oh, just yeah, like, fair. here, stay warm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Classic grandmother.
0: Stay warm. Remember to eat. Yeah. Katara sees Appa, though, and plans change,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, much to Sokka's displeasure, because he's not about flying. This, this is
1: the first time they see him fly, though, too.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 He So far, Appa has not flown at all. So they're like, OK, this Aang kid thinks this big thing can fly. Yeah. And like, but they can't. haven't actually seen it. On the ship, Zuko confiscates Aang's staff as a present for his father and orders that it be brought to his quarters. He leaves, and Aang is led away to a cell. On the way, Aang bets the two guards escorting him that he can take them both with his hands tied behind his back. Bending with only his mouth, he knocks the guards away and escapes. So good. I love the combination of Aang's youth and confidence because he's just this little kid, 12 Mm. years old, but he talks so much and can actually back it up. Well,
1: it's like, so it's one of those things where it's, that's like the Goku mentality right there, where he's just like... He doesn't even try. He does two moves and he gets himself out of the situation. He blows one guard one way and then he blows himself the opposite way to knock out the second guard and he's just free. Yeah. It's amazing. So hands effortless. still
0: bound. Yeah. Behind his back. Yeah. He's just like, OK, I'm out. Let's go.
1: <laughs> so smooth too. like his his airbending is like top notch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which is why he's an airbending master.
1: That's true. Yeah. Versus like, well, like the only other bending we've seen so far is uh, Katara and just her, like, fish bubble.
0: True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a little bit of Zuko, you know, Zuko... Oh, yeah, that's right, too. yeah. ...going In through fire. some training moves, which is, you know, it's cool.
1: You're right. I forgot about him. But I, was, I was distracted by his top knot.
0: That's true. <laughs> but you're right, Aang's, uh, Aang's ingenuity really, like, raises his bending to a different level. So far, yeah. we've seen Katara trying bending, Zuko being really like structured and controlled with his bending. And then Aang, who's just like, I bet I can use my mouth to get out of this situation by blowing you away from me. It's funny.
1: It's very creative, too.
0: So Katara and Sokka try to coax Appa into flying and finally remember the words Aang used back at the village. Yep, yep. It works. And Appa soars into the sky, proving that he really can fly. Sokka is excited until he sees his sister smiling knowingly at him. And then he shuts it right up.
1: He's like, I'm not having fun. Who's having fun? You're having, your face is fun. Leave me alone. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's when the reality kind of starts really dawning on Sokka about what's going on.
0: Eng continues to hunt for his staff, staff through the ship's corridors using nimble acrobatics and airbending to get around the guards. In the process, he cuts his bindings to free his hands. After peeking in on a sleeping Iroh, which was hilarious. I
1: love that. He's like, sorry. And his lips are just like stretched out a little bit. Just like as an animation trick. So funny. I love it.
0: (laughs) He finally finds a staff in Zuko's quarters. However, after stepping into the room, the door closes behind him, revealing that it was a trap set by Zuko. Zuko begins to attack him, firebending in the small metal room and forcing Aang to dodge wildly.
1: This is something I I made sure I made a note of. The discipline and the foresight that it takes in order to stay behind an enemy who's wildly flailing at you is incredible and shows great skill. Also, literally what Uncle was trying to teach Zuko is you can't just flail around like an idiot no matter how strong you are, because you have to be aware of your surroundings and you have to control every last bit of yourself, including your breathing.
0: Yes. Gosh, such a good point. Zuko, who needs to learn control, is in a fight with someone who has incredible control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I love about this is it's the first time we've seen one of the signature moves of the style that airbending is based on, Mm. which is Bagua or Mm -hmm. Bagua Zhang. And the concept is called circle walking. And it's the whole point of the martial art, which is circle walk around your opponent. And in the case of this scene, and gets behind Zuko and places his hand on the center of Zuko's back along his spine, which allows him to, to feel when mm-hmm. Zuko turns left or right and allows him to stay behind while, like you said, Zuko's flailing and shooting fire all over the place.
1: I'm surprised he didn't burn his room down.
0: Yeah, it's really like. A bed, tapestries, yeah. some decorations and otherwise metal, but like I'm surprised he didn't burn it all down.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. Um yeah, this is actually one of the better animated scenes as well. Like they put a lot of care into this fight.
0: Up at the end of the fight though, mm-hmm. after all that bending mm-hmm. and uses a mattress to knock Zuko against the wall. Classic. I don't know about you, but it reminded me so much of the Indiana Jones scene from the marketplace.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, with with the um guy with the uh scimitars who's going or is yeah. the scimitars are going crazy and then Indy just shoots him. He's like He pulls
0: out a gun and shoots the guy yeah. after all of
1: that. Just the Occam's razor of taking down an enemy, just whatever will get it done quickly and easily. Yeah. Yeah.
0: After that all be. that bending, after all that technique, Aang just uses a mattress to like smush Suko against so a wall.
1: And like love Zuko it. didn't even see that coming. He thought it was gonna be like a battle of like, you know, bending and wits and all that. And Aang's just like, nah, you're gone.
0: Yep, Thank you. I'm out of here. I'm
1: out of here. I got things to do. <laughs> Aang
0: gets above deck again and leaps over the railing, intending to fly away on his glider. But Zuko was right behind him and launches himself after Aang, catching him by the ankle and dragging the both of them down to the ship. I love this because when you talk about character building and showing the character's needs and wants. Everything that happens on this ship really shows how dedicated Zuko is to catching the Avatar. He is relentless. Mm -hmm. He launches himself into the air to catch Aang. He gets knocked off the ship multiple times and keeps getting back up again. Mm -hmm. Trying everything. And I really appreciate that because it's a thoughtful touch that makes the character feel more real.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's also, like, this is Zuko's point of being, essentially. Like, yes. it's obsessive. And I think we don't learn why yet, but I think we do a little bit later why he's so obsessed with doing all, like, getting the Avatar and catching him. But it is literally, it's it's kind of like what they say with Batman, where he just, like, thinks about ways to be Batman and think about ways to get out of, like, traps or whatever. Like, Zuko just literally thinks. I feel like all day every day he just thinks about how to take down the avatar in any given situation, period, and that's why the mattress caught him off guard because he wasn't anticipating that like props be used or traps or anything like that, and when it's slipping away from him his he's gonna keep on clawing back up until he's dead essentially, or the avatar just somehow magically flies away,
0: yep. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And really all we know at this at this point is his father couldn't catch the avatar, his grandfather couldn't catch the avatar, and in his words, his honor depends on him catching the avatar. Yeah. That's all we're really given, yeah. but through his actions we understand how desperately he needs to accomplish this.
1: It's also kind of funny. Uncle Iroh isn't really too concerned with catching the avatar. Yes. Like he he he, he wants to train his nephew when ang shows up he's sleeping and you know he's faking it he has to be faking that he's probably just like relaxing he's not concerned about this his con- his main concern is the safety and well-being of his nephew and trying to get him out of this like negative headspace
0: yes i love how iroh is always on his own like i don't know the word equilibrium or something he's always he's focused on uncle iroh things and More often than not, Uncle Iroh things are the things that we should be paying attention to instead of all the distractions or um, the things that we're trying so desperately to obtain.
1: Which is much different than his brother, which I won't even get into yet because we haven't met. (laughs) Oh,
0: yes. (laughs) Fun times. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the distance, Appa, Katara and Sokka are gaining on the ship. Zuko catches sight of Appa and momentarily forgets his fight with Aang, too shocked at the sight of a flying bison. He quickly comes back to himself and attacks Aang with firebending, eventually knocking Aang off the side of the ship. Just as in his dream, Aang drifts down through the freezing water, seemingly unconscious, until his eyes open with the glowing power of the Avatar state. Using a water spout, he surges back to the surface and water bends the Fire Nation soldiers into the side of the ship, knocking them out and sending Zuko over the side in the process. The Avatar state fades away from Aang, leaving him to collapse on the ship's deck in exhaustion. Katara and Sokka rush to his side. As Katara helps Aang onto Appa, Sokka knocks Zuko off the side of the ship again, and here's your bunk, bunk.
1: Yep, again, like you have this big epic fight. Like he activates this inner power that we don't have a name for at this point but like we know it's crazy the f- first time we see Aang uh, waterbending yes and he just he pretty much just goes super sane does all this crazy stuff comes back to and now we're getting back to that comedy aspect that little like the bonk sound effects
0: yes as Sokka knocks Zuko in the head with Ang's staff yep. to knock him back over the edge again I,
1: it's just so strategically placed that the yes. bonk's I never thought I would admire a bonk placement as much as I have in these episodes.
0: <laughs> Me neither. They're well done. Yes.
1: Well played, Nickelodeon. Well played.
0: <laughs> the Fire Nation soldiers wake up in advance on Katara. Using the move she just saw Aang do, she tries to bend water around the soldiers and turn it into ice, but bends in the wrong direction and freezes Sokka feet, Sokka's feet instead. She turns around and tries again and succeeds. He's just the like soldiers are turned into frozen ice sculptures. He's just like, really?
1: <laughs> like in the background, yeah, poor like, Sokka. Come on. And he's like chipping away. She doesn't even unfreeze it. I don't even know if they can yeah. unfreeze it, but he's just chipping away at it slightly, trying to get free. Yeah, she
0: doesn't know how yet, but in uh as as is tradition, yeah. whenever Katara bends, it gets on Sokka. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't even think about that either.
0: I do love that, uh, Katara, it's a small detail, but she literally tries the move, the water bending move. She just saw Ang do mm-hmm. while in the Avatar state. And Katara is so resourceful. So she saw a water bending move and is like, I'm going to try it. Yeah. And even though she messed up initially, she did it in the end. And it's like, <laughs> it's like Babu Katara's water first water bending. <laughs> so proud oh Katara. Katara climbs onto appa and yells at sokka to hurry who is busy using his boomerang to hack the ice away from his feet complaining about how he didn't ask for all this flying and magic kids they escape.
1: you kids and you you bending he seems like such an old man <laughs> in this like come on i didn't ask for this yeah he's
0: like a crotchety old man <laughs> they escape but zuko hasn't given up he and Iroh bend a huge fireball after Appa, forcing Aang to block it with a giant blast of his airbending. The fireball goes careening into the iceberg next to the ship, and an avalanche, avalanche buries half of the ship under ice and snow. The gang escapes, leaving behind a defeated and angry Zuko. Looking at the destruction around him, Zuko promises that he will not underestimate the Avatar again. Mm-hmm. Up in the clouds, Katara and Aang talk about his destiny as the Avatar. The world has been waiting for the avatar to put the end to the war, and the first step is for Aang to learn water bending. They agree that they need to go to the North Pole to find a water bending master, but first, some adventures.
1: And they fly off into the sunset, kind of. One of the one of the <laughs> things that I thought was really kind of funny when we're looking at the uh, the Fire Nation's ship and all the frozen soldiers. The other soldiers who are not frozen are like using tiny little flames to try to like thaw them out, essentially.
0: Yes. But also so the good. the
1: funny part of that too is when I was a kid I used to have to shovel. Um I used to like imagine I just had like fire abilities so I could just melt all the snow and not have to shovel anything. So seeing like That would be incredible. Seeing like that kind of use of fire bending for like thawing or like melting snow, I was like, "Oh, yeah. Kind of like resonated with me a little bit."
0: If I had fire bending abilities, I would use my hands to keep my coffee cup warm.
1: Ooh. That's really good use.
0: That would be my practical application.
1: Mine would 100% always be clearing out the snow. (laughs) Probably a good reason why I don't have firebending. Probably good.
0: Yeah. If Greg had firebending, you would be like driving down the street and go like, why is that guy's lawn dead? (laughs) Fire. It's okay. Greg's a firebender. He cleared out all the snow, but accidentally torched his
1: lawn. It's fine. It's my lawn. It's fine. I can do it. (laughs) It probably wouldn't look much worse than it does now, though, to be fair. (laughs) <laughs> watching these episodes again is definitely bringing back a lot of like that excitement and a lot of like the love that I felt when I was first watching this. I can only imagine for you it's doing the same too.
0: Yes. I feel like especially in our day and age right now and the fact that I've been in uh I'll put air quotes around this, an adult <laughs> for so long. I'm adulting. <laughs> I feel like I could use a dose of some of some fun, yeah. like Katara said. I need I need some more fun, some more whimsy and youthfulness in my life.
1: So Acorn, if you were to think of a moral of the episode, like, like something that we can really take home and think about until our next episode, what would that
0: be? You know what, Greg? I think that would be have more fun.
1: I agree. I th- I think sometimes you just have to sit back and have a little fun, whether that be... Uh, just taking like a 15, 20 minute break from work and, you know, jumping maybe on an old video game or reading a book or drawing or listening to your favorite avatar based podcast for a little bit. Like any of that, just remember, remember as serious as things can get and they can get serious and they can get scary. And, you know, you can be easy to be overwhelmed. Just being, I think being mindful and taking that 15 minutes for yourself and doing what you enjoy and having fun is super important.
0: Remember to keep things light.
1: Keep it light. Unlike my statement that I just went off of, keep it light. <laughs> who is you? Would you say is the most valuable character? Like you? Who? Who won the? Who stole the show for you in this? Like who is the? Who's character? the MVP of this? Who's episode? the MVP? I was trying to think of like a clever for like the P in the acronym there, but it didn't come out to me. Maybe next episode it will. But who is your MVP?
0: Most valuable player. Yeah, but they're,
1: they're not really players, though. I don't they're know.
0: players in the game of life.
1: Oh, aren't we all, though, if you really just <laughs> boil it down to that?
0: You know what? I want to hear your MVP It's first. It's
1: Aang. It's designed to be Aang. The whole episode okay. is just watch Aang be amazing and like the perfect hero that you could possibly think of with a little bit of flaw which makes him even more perfect, some might argue, in terms of like uh, introduction to a hero. I think it's just designed to be him. Um, although my personal bias is going to say Sokka. I'm going to say Sokka for every single episode just as a blanket. But this used clearly designed. Episodes 1 and 2 were designed to show um, I almost said Sokka. Show Aang <laughs> in a positive light and make you really start to root for him. I mean, just his presence not only signaled the fire nation army which put um zuko on his path it also put um sokka and katara on their path as well so just this one guy it was one kid showing up sets everything in motion and mm-hmm. makes everything for the better
0: love it you know what greg you got my back earlier i got yeah. your back Mal. i think the mvp of this of this episode is sokka yeah because it makes me you so you know happy. what Poor guy, non-bender in a bending world,
1: yeah. getting
0: water dunked on his head and ice All the time. frozen around his feet. He didn't ask didn't, for this.
1: Didn't ask for any of it.
0: Didn't ask for this flying and this magic.
1: All this fun.
0: All he this didn't ask fun. for any of this. We're in a war. Have you heard? <laughs> it's
1: serious. You can only take one bathroom break a day. It's serious.
0: <laughs> I think Sokka's is our MVP.
1: Yeah. I love him so much. He's always my he's he will always be my MVP, except when Uncle Iroh has his moments. Absolutely. I'm so happy you said that. That's great. Um all right. I think that's that's pretty much it for us for now. I don't know. Was there any was there anything you wanted to shout out while we're on our way out the door?
0: Yeah. I don't know if you heard, but uh I'm making this podcast called Avatar the Podcast. Just want to shout it out there.
1: Never heard of that before.
0: It's pretty great. What about you?
1: Me? I got a lot of things. I'm very busy. I'm a very busy man. And it's actually, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. If you want to come in and hang out with me uh, when you're not listening to this podcast and not watching avatar you can do so over on twitch i'm over at twitch.tv forward slash booster greg i also uh am a part of another ensemble podcast called the bad Catty funky podcast uh that one's on a little bit of hiatus right now because there's not really much going on in the world right now to talk about in terms of nerd entertainment and news uh but that will be back and also finally if you're a fan of the geek generation network uh you've been following for a little bit you might also know that i have a little show called adapt this a dc animated universe podcast um which is going to be starting. It's actually, we've started season two recording now. So episodes should be coming pretty shortly. So that's super exciting. And that's literally everything else that I have. So,
0: and you might see me soon on adapt this.
1: You might, you might, you, you spoilers you definitely are but you're going to and it's <laughs> going to be great it's going to be amazing also shout out to the rob logan over yes. at the geek generation network for allowing us to talk about and nerd out about avatar the last airbender I'm super absolutely
0: excited. if you have not heard of the geek generation if we are your gateway go check yeah. them out the geekgeneration.com there's a ton of podcasts anything from dc like adapt mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. to the orville with uh, mm-hmm. Quantum Drive and our, mm-hmm. our good friends, Rob and Katie.
1: Well, the, there's so many. Like if Literally, if you like nerd things, there is going to be something there that you like.
0: Lots I of good stuff. Go check it. it out.
1: And if you don't, then I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. No, you guaranteed you're going to find something there. Um, until next time, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we'll see you on the next episode.
0: See you then. Bye. Bye.
1: Avatar, the podcast, is a proud part of the Geek Generation Network. Check out all of our podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com.